Good evening. Hello, Facebook family to the Trigger Proof Tribe. Welcome once again. It is great to be here. It's been a long time since I've done one of these transmissions. And uh, quite honestly, I haven't felt um, inspired to share anything so uh, earth shattering until just recently having the similar conversation come up again and again and again that I wanted to share it with you talking about happiness and positivity, which seems to be a buzzword, especially now when, when we are going through all of the COVID stuff. Um, let me know if you're watching on replay. Give me a hashtag replay and your biggest takeaways from this. Recently, we had uh, been working with a client. Let me know where you're, first of all, let me know, know where you're signing in from. What I'm going to be talking about uh, today, tonight, is the this, what I call a hidden, what I think is kind of like a real hidden epidemic that deep down is the foundational for why we have so much resistance in our lives and then that resistance within ourselves starts to translate into the resistance in our relationships and then it translates to resistance at work and then one resistance over another and resistance over another and then we become exhausted we don't have a flow uh, we dis dis disconnect from our uh, our source is she okay <laughs> disconnect from our source disconnect from uh, our nature, disconnect from our power, and it all uh, is because of uh, this complete unrealistic expectation that we place upon ourselves that, no offense, it didn't start with us, but since it's been coming up again and again with, with the conversations with my clients, I wanted to give you some uh, insight so that you can actually learn how to govern your own mind. Remember, the whole point of this entire Facebook group, if you're new, brand new, welcome, you totally belong here. You're here because you want to have control over your mind rather than your mind having control over you. You want to be able to expand the space between stimulus and response because if we don't, then external things have control over us. And we're here because we want the freedom, you know, my trainings are all geared towards giving people access to freedom and power where they have given their freedom and their power externally uh, through the things that we become infatuated with, the things that we really need, the things that we want, the things that we desire, uh, and the things that we fear. So our fears and desires are these external things that have power over us. And so been working with some people who've been struggling with bipolar kind of emotions. They tick-tock extreme pendulum up and down, back and forth, up and down, up and down. And it's really challenging because it's it becomes exhausting. And, uh, and uh, there goes their control over their own mind. It becomes based on externals. So I wanted to give you some of the dangers of making happiness, uh, success, our ultimate goal. And this is basically why everybody hires mentors, they take courses. I even walked by the Church of Scientology earlier today, well, a couple days ago, and I saw this, The Art of Happiness. 
You know, it's all about happiness, all these books about happiness. This is basically the thing that we're looking for, right? Is happiness, 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 right? And so all of this started back when I was learning uh, the work of John Martini, and I was looking for this elusive happiness because every step, every stage that I would go through in my life, I would reach another point and then boom, I would be met with another challenge and then I try to get the next level of happy and I kept getting met with one problem after another and it was just, it was so frustrating. So when I looked at John Martini's work and he turned to me and he says, you can never have happy without sad. It's always a duality in pairs. And then I'm like, okay, so maybe if I learn this properly, then I'm gonna be happy. And he told me, he said, when you're done this exercise, I'm gonna ask you to change your feeling that you have for happiness. And you're gonna say, I'm gonna ask you, would you change this feeling for happiness? And, and then you're gonna say, not in a million years. I was really confused. And through the integration of his work, I felt a sense of gratitude for my twin brother for the very first time in my life. And I understood what love was. I, I was raised with religious, with a religious upbringing, talking about love, talking about gratitude, but I never actually felt it fully until I understood about the integrating of the positive and the negative and the duality of what, what John Martini taught me. So I kept delving into his work and mastering his work. And this was over 20 years ago. So now over time, I've, I've, develop some understanding and insight about how to bring gratitude here in the body, how to live with it, how to um, emotionally regulate yourself on the fly as you're going. And so this came up as a conversation and I started noticing some patterns in some recent clients and I wanted to share them with you. And the biggest pattern was this incessant search for happiness and positivity, incessant search for support, incessant search for praise, incessant search for likes, incessant search for external validation and approval. Let me know if you've ever caught yourself kind of in that situation, uh, having that experience, experiencing that. Let me know if, if that resonates with you. So I wanted to share with you some of the challenges or dangers of happiness and positivity. There's five of them that are going to be threats to your relationships. And I want to show you how to navigate them and what you can do instead. That's going to be a lot more useful so that you can have healthy, secure, healthy, interdependent relationships rather than the challenging stuck ones we have a tendency to get. All right. So here's basically in a nutshell, how it all works. There's happy on this, on this positive pole, and then there's sadness. And the more that we swing towards elation, positive happiness, we then have a tendency to go into a future self of freedom, fantasy. Yay, I'm free. And it also is a mask. This elation becomes a mask that we're running away from our depressions with. Okay? So, when we seek after happiness and success, what we don't understand is that we are, we can do so at, at, a, at a cost of abandoning ourselves because we think that by achieving these external things, happiness and success, then that is going to take away that feeling of unworthiness within us. 
But what we don't understand is what's driving that extreme elation is our depression about ourselves. And so it's wiser to actually see both sides. There is a quote by um, Viktor Frankl that he says it all. He says, don't aim at success. The more you aim at it and make it a target, the more you are going to miss it. For success, like happiness, cannot be pursued. It must ensue, and it only does so as the unintended side effect of one's personal dedication to a cause greater than oneself, or as the byproduct of one's surrender to a person other than oneself. Happiness must happen. And at the same and the same holds for success. You have to let it happen by not caring about it. That's worth another read. Uh, let me read it again to you because it's worth it. Okay. We're talking about this pursuit of happiness. I mean, it's in the constitution, isn't it? Life, love, and the liberty of uh, life, uh, the pursuit of happiness, this pursuit of happiness where this thing that outside of us that we're chasing after, right? And success is very much the same thing. So don't aim at success. The more you aim at it and make it a target, the more you're going to miss it. For success, like happiness, cannot be pursued. It must ensue, and it only does so as the unintended side effect of one's personal dedication to a cause greater than oneself, or as the byproduct of one's surrender to a person other than oneself. Happiness must happen, and the same holds for success. You have to let it happen by not caring about it. That's Viktor Frankl in the book, Man's Search for Meaning. In other words, all of this chasing after happiness and positivity happens in my life. I look after it. The more I am disconnected from meaning and purpose, the more happiness that I pursue. Because happiness is a fleeting feeling. We're chasing after a fleeting feeling and we're making it all about us. And there's some dangers to that. And I'm going to show you unconsciously what you're doing when you're seeking that. You don't even know it. And here's the best part. It's not even your fault. You had no idea that this is what you're doing. This is completely unconscious. And it's going to end up making you fucking miserable. And I want to help prevent that. So this is really what it is. Um, meaning. There's happy and sad, and then there's meaning. Meaning is a centered thing. It's kind of like when you, when I hike up Grouse Mountain, it's a tough hour-long hike straight up. It's the steepest climb. It's about a kilometer like this. It's a, it's a 1,000, almost a 1,000-meter uh, gain, elevation. And it's grueling. And when you're done, it's a amazing feeling when you're finished but it's not happiness it's not elation it's an actual fulfilled sense of yes i deserve it gratitude if I, the only way i would feel elated about it is if i completely dissociate from the pain of the climb and when you can ground yourself in the pain of something you now have a very powerful access to the pleasure because it's not dissociation it's actually groundedness and that is integration 
The same thing happens when you're, when you're working towards meaning. A relationship, if you're seeking a relationship for it to fill a void, you're looking for passion. This is an extreme high that you're seeking. What happens is the expectation is there and when it doesn't measure up or the other person isn't happy, what happens is we then fall the risk of becoming enmeshed with them. In other words, their feelings become our feelings and then they become entangled. And because it's not measuring up to the happy, successful picture that I have in my mind, I end up thinking that I'm not worthy. I start beating myself up. And then here goes this constant cycle of bipolarity, seeking the high, not measuring up, going down, going after the up and always wanting to be up. How are you doing? Oh, it's up and down. It's up. People say, I'm like, how are you doing? Oh, it's up and down. Yeah, it always will be up and down. I'm just here to let you know your life will be up and down. For you to think that downs are not supposed to happen is basically you're shooting yourself in the foot. You're not giving yourself, the desire for the unattainable is the source of human suffering. The unattainable being a one-sided magnet when there's always going to be two. It's very powerful freedom and disappointment when you really kind of embrace that. So the first five, there's five kind of ideas, five dangers uh, that will threaten your relationships with this positive thinking and positivity and seeking happiness, seeking support, seeking elation, seeking the high, right, within relationships. The first danger of positive thinking and happiness is when it fails to acknowledge uh, the existence of a problem. So when I was in my last relationship, I was really working towards this kind of picture of success and happiness, right? And because I would, my eyes were so much on this success and happiness for myself, what I did was I blinded myself to the existence of the problems that are within the relationship. So whenever you are overly, you're parenting with this desire of happy, 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 one of the threats and the dangers is you might have a real problem going on, which we did, but because of your desire for happiness, you're just gonna turn a blind eye to it. That's the first danger of this addiction to positivity, happiness, and success. And number two, danger of, of happiness, positivity, and success is that when you have this as a goal, you'll have a tendency to gaslight people, which causes them to kind of question their reality. And the biggest ones who are at risk are children. Children can feel when things aren't great. Children know. Let me know in the comment section if you, you can honor and understand that, you know, my kids, can spot spot me my kids know when i'm bullshitting i'm trying to pretend to be all good okay they know right let me know if 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 they're you know if if they can spot your bullshit kids are the best bullshit detectors around right even little ones can tell now if you're giving off the energy of resentment and you go i'm fine everything's fine what happens is their reality is something they feel, but then you're like, no, what are you talking about? Everything's fine, everything's perfect. And you're swaying towards the positivity. It's kind of like a form of gaslighting for people. They start to look and, and they say, 
okay, well, my reality is this way. You're telling me it's not. And so it's a form of gaslighting. Gaslighting being denying somebody else's reality and making them feel crazy. When you're overly positive thinking and denying the truth, you will have, you'll run the risk of gaslighting somebody. I mean, let me know how you would feel. Um, you know, they, they come, somebody comes to you and you go, you go to your friend and you're like, things are really shitty, you know, like at work, it's not going great. My relationship's not great. And then they go, come on, look at the bright side. You're this, 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 and this. And then they try to tell you, yeah, but what's positive about it? Yeah, what's positive about it? Yeah, you have all the right intentions when you do that. But what you're doing is you're denying their reality. And no offense, but that's what your parents have been doing to you all along. That's what parents do. They deny your reality. Oh, because of their own lack of ability to hold space for their negative thinking. <laughs> and what happens is we then create a culture of, of, of narcissism, of, of lack of empathy because, oh no, your feelings are not appropriate. So I'm just going to kind of gaslight you and say, you're not supposed to, you're not supposed to feel that. Just be positive. It's, it's really going to break down intimacy when you're like that. What you're going to want to do when somebody's having negative thinking, this is the hallmark of enmeshment. What we discovered, and we had this conversation in, in one of our, in, in a training is what do you do when someone's not doing great and they're upset? And what we discovered You've been listening to the Trigger Proof Podcast, designed to teach you the most important skill necessary for a dramatically changing world, which is nervous system regulation. Becoming trigger proof doesn't mean trigger less. It means learning how to regulate ourselves to bring us back to center so that we can then be governed by our purpose rather than from our wounds anytime there's reactivity there's a wound and if you're curious and inspired to learn more join us at breathwork and badassery or the overview experience and a combination of both actually helps you do the work there's a difference between listening to a podcast and actually showing up live and doing the work with a badass community who's all about breaking cycles of intergenerational trauma. It didn't start with you, but it can end with you if you're willing to do the work. See you at the next perfect time. Is this concept of enmeshment is that your emotions become my emotions. I'm not able to, I'm not able to hold my own container of my own emotions because your emotions have become my emotions. Uh, that's called enmeshment, enmeshment, and um, that is uh, one of the deep problems of having this positivity desire, this desire for support. Well, what if you were to remove this need? What if all of a sudden we remove that virus out of your mind that said uh, people should be happy, people should be uh, supportive, People should uh, be understanding. People should be, should, 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 should behave exactly this way and remove the expectation that they should be according to a set of morals and ethics that you think they should or that whatever your religious doctrine or Richard Dawkins or whatever feeling that you have,
that they should be, using the word should, one-sided. They should live according to your values and they should agree with you and they should think that you're, you know, and they should always have their shit together with their emotions and they should never be upset. They should never be angry. What if you were to remove that and just honor that they're allowed to have their experience and that their experience do the inner work it takes to take care of you so that you're not making their experience your experience. That's the inner work. That's becoming trigger proof. That the disillusion of enmeshment by getting painfully uncomfortable with being rejected. <laughs> Comfortable with the discomfort of being rejected. The painful, like the discomfort of being misunderstood. First thing you gotta do is first look towards how to understand you because you have been conditioned to self-abandon. When your parents told you, be happy, put a smile on, be positive, put on a happy face, gotta be happy, be positive. You're like, okay, because who I am in my reality isn't lovable, so I'm gonna put on a fake smile and play this role so that I can have your approval. And this is the happiness myth. This is the positivity mask. This is self-abandonment. And so being with, with other people in their reality, uh, when, you don't, when you don't really trigger-proof yourself to dismantling this need for positivity, happiness, support, praise, um, you then invalidate other people's realities. That's one of the risks. Let me know if any of this is landing for you. Where has that shown up in your life? The third one, uh, the dangers of really going after happiness and positivity and stuff is that oftentimes when you're seeking the one side, you're minimizing uh, real issues. Racism, it's a real issue. If we just kind of like be the love and light warriors, the love and light, the positivity, oh, oh, it's just a reflection. I asked a question earlier in the group, you know, when, you know, when, uh, what pisses you off about another person? People are like, only the things that I haven't seen within myself. I'm like, yeah, I know, but just acknowledge what it is. Don't bypass. <laughs> spiritual bypass is one of the risks. We minimize a real problem. We spiritually bypass. That's one of the dangers of happiness. Uh, positive thinking movement is that spiritual bypass is very real. When it's really important that we actually drop in and feel all our feelings. And so uh, the happiness kind of mask is a good way of avoiding feelings. And there's a danger to that. Uh, it minimizes real issues. So number four is uh, the dangers of the, of the happiness and positivity movement and the mantras and all that stuff is that suggests that people can love and light their way out of trauma and feeling oppressed. You can just love and light, just, pause, just think positive your way out of your traumas and feeling oppressed. The, the methodology that I created called the overview method that helps you integrate your uh, woundings does the opposite of bypassing. It actually first starts with you really integrating the victimhood and the sadness and the pain and the depression of it. Uh, it's very uncomfortable, but it's a really necessary step that many people override 
when they're kind of trying to do the positive thinking and the spiritual work. Spiritual bypass is real. Uh, and you can't just kind of positive thinking your way out of trauma and oppression. It takes a guide to help walk you through the shame, through the guilt, through the uh, the rejection, through the sh like toxic shame. It's really, really challenging. And it's, there's no, you know, the love and light comes on the other side of like, go fuck yourself. Like, this is horrible. And uh, so that's really important. And the dangers of it is just suggesting the dangers of the positive thing is suggest you can love and light your way out of the traumas. You can't, you actually need help uh, to walk with them and integrate them. And the fifth one, dangers of happiness and the positive thinking and success seeking and all of that one-sidedness is that uh, it often invalidates somebody's struggle or pain. Um, the, the entire conversation in this community is really about nurturing healthy, secure, attached relationships, because I believe that this is probably the pinnacle and the hallmark of human existence, is to be able to create a secure attachments in your work, secure attachments within your relationships, uh, um, at home, with your kids, with your family members. And that can only be done by um, really getting present to the negative negative side, really getting present to your own pain. Because so, when you do, you then can validate other people's pain. Be, the rarest experience for a human being is the feeling of being seen and heard. Because if you were anything like me growing up, anytime I had a pain, anytime I had a sadness and I was sharing it with my mother, she was not able to handle the guilt of it because she would take it on an enmeshment. So she would basically say, no, don't think about that. You're fine. And she wouldn't realize it. But her defense mechanisms were invalidating of all of my, my struggle and my pain. And it wasn't until I did a whole bunch of deep inner work to learn how to do that for myself that I could actually learn how to change my relationship with my mother. But her unconscious, if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't be able to handle being around her. I couldn't handle my triggers around her because anything that I've said is get, it would be getting invalidating if it were to threaten her ego. So learning how to navigate that has not been easy, but I had to let go of the addiction to positivity, happiness, and success in order to get there. Let me know if any of this is landing for you. Um, really, the ultimate, the, the, the answer really is to emotionally mature. We need to actually have an ability to feel all the feelings. We need to have an ability to embrace the duality, the bittersweetness, the pleasure and the pain in the moment. Little children are not able to, to, to experience ambiguity. It's either black or white, and that's what happens in our juvenile state. So for you to really get good at this, it's gonna take you getting into your body, learning how to regulate yourself inside, and learn how to integrate pain and pleasure simultaneously rather than constantly seeking positivity happiness success like i and the work is really powerful i had to integrate feelings of failure rather than trying to avoid them so i had to feel, learn how to feel failure better learn how to feel guilt better learn how to feel my shame better learn how to feel um resentment and anger better not stuff them away with this 
mask of bullshit happiness, that's inauthenticity. It takes vulnerability to actually feel all of those feelings, and it takes a lot of courage to actually integrate them. But to integrate them, that's where your, your powerful, authentic, truthful voice comes out. This is where you start to go, oh, now I know who I am. Because without integrating them, you're constantly going, I don't know who I am. I show up, I'm a jellyfish. Everybody else's emotions outside of me are my emotions. I don't know who I am anymore. I become whatever emotion of the person in front of me. I don't know who I am. I've lost sight of my own feelings. I just get enmeshed with other people. How do I handle other people when they're upset? You learn how to regulate your nervous system. You learn how to upgrade your intimacy with yourself. You learn how to um, get into the breath. You learn how to get into the body. You learn how to meditate in a way which is kind of congruent with your own style. You kind of formulate your own way of connecting with yourself and your breath and your body and then integrating, this is what I created the overview method for, it's really about integrating the, the two-sidedness of all of your, your being. I'm gonna leave you with this kind of exercise that we just did today is, Think of the thing that you're most ashamed of about yourself. Well, first of all, I want you to do is think of the thing you're most proud of about yourself and write it down. I'd love for you to share it in the group right now. What are you most proud of about yourself? Take a look at that. For me, the thing I'm most proud of is my ability to communicate in a way which lands for people. That's what I'm most proud of, uh, my ability to teach. What I'm most ashamed of about myself is my incessant need for attention. And it's interesting how the thing I'm most proud of is actually tied into the thing that I'm most ashamed of. And if you try this little exercise, try this little trick, you'll see that it's true for you as well. If you really look at the thing that you're proud of the most, and then you just, you're very honest with what you're ashamed of, you'll notice there's a link there. And there's, it's not by accident. There's a duality in everything. And so, Instead of seeking positive, happy, success, elation, which is just a fleeting moment, which then is followed by an opposite, which then causes you to then beat yourself up and go through this cyclical bipolar state, it's wiser for you to then, instead of seeking a feeling, seek meaning and realize that happy and sad are two parts of it. And there you can actually integrate the two to make you more powerful in the pursuit of this meaning. And that's really the entire work of the overview method in a nutshell. And um, I admit it's not easy for a lot of people. So we have these community events where we do trainings on a regular basis to help you integrate your shadow. Shadow integration as Carl Jung call it. What I call it, dancing with your dark passenger. Instead of seeking the positive, it's wiser to you learn how to start dancing with your dark passenger and integrating it as part of you rather than denying it because you are far more powerful when you have that shadow part close to you the part of you that is selfish manipulative mean spirited angry reactive you have been spending if you're like most of us you've been spending your entire life trying to kind of silence that part of you or just like like cut it out of your psyche 
And what we're doing here is the exact opposite. Becoming trigger-proof and expanding the space between stimulus and response is all about going into the darkness, to feeling it fully, to dancing in the dark, as uh, Ed Sheeran says in, in, in his song. And so a big part of that I do in trainings, uh, these, these, you know, these trainings I'm going to do everything I can to come in every single day this month to give you something. If you have a question, by the way, if you have a question, ask. I would love to answer. If you have any further questions on this, I'd love to do a training. On the 21st of July, we have the Breathwork and Badassery coming up. I'm just leaving a link in the comments section right there. I'm leaving a link in the comment section. I'd love for you to join us. It's only 20 bucks and you get to play in the dark. You're going to expose your all of your um, the thoughts that come up in your head, that monkey mind, you get to experience it. You're going to go into the monkey mind rather than running away. Um, it's going to be quite powerful. And then we'll also do an inner child meditation, which is your very first introduction for many people uh, to the time where you kind of abandon yourself and you get to reconnect with yourself, not just on a cognitive level, but on a body-based level. And it's something I absolutely love teaching. And um, yeah, jump in. And we have a hundred people that are going to be coming to this one on the 21st. Um, it, it, people from all over the world, people from Africa, uh, Middle East, New Zealand, um, Australia, everywhere. And uh, I'd absolutely love it if you joined us. Those of you who are coming already, we have tickets, some tickets sold. Um, if it's your first time, it's going to be a moving experience. Many of my clients, they this is kind of like a monthly thing that we do, and it just assistance in helping regulate your nervous system by not avoiding the negative, by not trying to be positive, but by meeting you exactly where you're where you are, warts and all. And so that's really the secret. Anyway, I just wanted to drop in and uh, give you that little training. Let me know what was the most relevant or meaningful for you. If you have any questions, holla and we'll see you at the next perfect time.